Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together, Jamie and I are taking you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our Pacific Northwest, telling you where to go, what to do, and places to see. And and today, Jamie, we're discussing a classic Oregon pastime. Hiking in the rain. Ooh, yeah. Jamie, I understand this is one of your favorite things to do come wintertime. How can you be an Oregonian and not love hiking in the rain? Long pause? I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a fun thing to do. I don't think it's something I necessarily set out to do all the time, but end up doing a, a decent bit of. But you love it. Well, this is the thing, Jim. I mean, I feel like it, when you're in Oregon and you're in the rainy season, the best way to get through it is to embrace it. I'd agree with that. You got to strap on your rain jacket, strap on your rain hat, your rain pants, if you wish, mm-hmm. and get out there in the nice, drippy, lush Pacific Northwest rainforest where you can find a lot of really cool stuff and have a beautiful experience. So this past fall, uh, in anticipation of this rainy season, mm-hmm. I wrote a story about some of the best rainy day hikes around the state. And I want to get into some of those places today, as well as the just talk a little bit more about the, the joys of rain hiking, as well as the preparations you need to do before you, you go out. Before you yeah. go out into it. Yeah. I like it. I mean, and I'll say from the get-go, I'm not an anti-rainy day hiker. I'm just not necessarily <laughs> leaning into it as much as you do. And I, I think you are kind of the rainy day hiking like Mastero. Like, you're into this. <laughs> this is something you do where I'm just like, you know, if it happens to rain, that's great. I'll pack my jacket. I'll bring my rain pants. Every once in a while, you just got to get outside. That's it. And in the middle of the winter, I'm much more likely to be found up in the snow. But don't get me wrong. I'm not scoffing at the idea of uh, doing a little rainy day hike here and there. So without kind of uh, getting too off track, Jamie, you referenced a number of places that are kind of your top picks for going out and hiking this time of year when it's a little wet, a little dreary, but also pretty beautiful back there. Mm -hmm. What do you got for us? I want to go into sort of the the top three for me. Top three. We can Um, do that. Yeah. So the first one that I think of, and I think a lot of people think of, they think of rainy day hikes is Mm -hmm. Silver Falls. Easy pick. Silver Falls State Park down in Silverton. I mean, this is the place known for its majestic waterfalls. Mm -hmm. And it's a really nice trail that's pretty even throughout that little canyon there. So you don't have to worry a lot about 
hiking up muddy hills. Totally. You know. Tearing up the trail. Exactly. It's well used. There's great amenities. Yep. And again, when it's raining, it, that just means the waterfall is going to be gushing even, even better. Yeah. 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 So you've been to Silver Falls. I'm sure you know about this. Th- this is a bad Oregonian moment, Jamie. Uh-oh. I've never been to Silver you've Falls. You've never you been? Me. You caught me. I have, it, it has actually never happened. You know, I, 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 I reacted with such surprise, but I do want to say that's okay because there's so many great places to go to. We can't get to them you all. You can't do everything. And, no. and here's the deal. I keep on running across these things over the years where it's like, man, how have I never done that? Silver Falls is, is one of the big ones that's still outstanding for me. So forgive me, dear listener. I've never been to Silver <laughs> Falls, but I can imagine it's got what? 10 waterfalls on the loop, yeah. something like that. There's technically 11 waterfalls in the park, but okay. the trail of 10 falls is the big hike. It's kind of known as like the, basically the gem of hiking in Oregon state parks. Mm-hmm. It's you're going to this loop trail throughout the park. And you get to just one waterfall after another. And they kind of range from really big south yeah. falls, yeah, yeah. which is by your main day use area, huge towering waterfall to some of these nice, beautiful little uh, smaller waterfalls that have just a gorgeous scene and some of those as well. So put me there in the winter. Why, why should I make my first trip to Silver Falls in like February? Well, assuming it's not icy. That's the one thing yeah. we do have to say is, you know, there's a difference between it being rainy and it being icy. Yeah. Um, when it gets icy out in Silver Falls, they literally, you will find icicles hanging from the cliffs mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't want any part of that. That makes sense. But when it's raining, it, you just have this, um, this nice sort of forested feel where you can, in some parts you can stay a little bit more dry, um, from the forest, but mostly you're going to be a little bit more exposed. But the waterfalls there are just really gushing so nice and beautifully. Once those rivers are fed by the rains, so they're really going a lot stronger than you'd get when you go and say like late summer. Sounds great. Yeah. Honestly. So that is, that is your number one spot, right? That's, That's your, that, yeah. Or at least one of three. Well, what else would you recommend for listeners here? My go-to spot for me personally, okay. if it's raining and I want to get out and I want to stay in the Portland area, my go-to spot is Oxbow Regional Park. That sounds great. Now, this is like your classic, lush, dense, specific Northwest rainforest. Like what you see on the postcard, what you think of to be classic Oregon. It is classic Oregon all the way. And it's this beautiful old growth forest along the banks of the Sandy River, Mm -hmm. just south of the Columbia River Gorge. So the trails will go alongside the river and they also go deep into this forest. And you see some seriously big trees out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a. I, I one time was hiking through and I found this massive fallen tree across the trail, and I just you know explored along the base of it yeah. into its big root ball, and its roots were just enormous. Huh. And I kind of rooted through the, the roots there and found um, little bits of old river stone and agate oh, that I wow. picked from the roots of this tree because this is an old you know yeah. flooded area. Yeah. So these old trees grew on these old river stones. Wow. It was a really beautiful spot. Sounds remarkable. And not an experience that would be necessarily exclusive to the rainy Mm -hmm. months, but something that maybe is accentuated by, I would imagine, different foliage or at least a different feel back on the trail. I think that's the key right there. The feel? The feel of it, yeah, because these are rainforests. So they're kind of in their element when it's rainy. You get the big ferns that are growing up and dripping, and the whole place is just fed by this rain. 
you get a feel for what that ecosystem is actually like when you go there in that rainy time. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine too, I mean, any type of winter hiking I've done, even on busy trails, let's say in, in the Columbia River Gorge, you go out there where there's a little bit of snow, or like you said, if the trails maybe have some ice covering or something, and there's no one out there, mm -hmm. perhaps for good reason, if it's unsafe or too slippery or whatever, but you can go out and experience a trail that's really busy in the summer months and have it probably pretty close to all to yourself in the winter time and that's a cool feature of kind of doing some rainy day hiking too that's a huge draw for yeah. me personally too when i speak of going to oxbow i mean i've oftentimes been the only person in the park or yeah, i see cool. maybe one or two people on the trails but if you go to oxbow in the summertime or even in the fall it's full of mushroom foragers boaters fishers people are out there filling the park Mm -hmm. So it's a really cool opportunity to be in there in the, the rainy months when you're, you have the whole place to yourself pretty yeah. much. Yeah, that is neat. So let's round out your top three. Here. Okay. The third one um, that I like to go to is Ecola State Park. This is out in the Oregon coast, and it is one of my favorite spots specifically for rainy days. Okay. Because the coast, I mean, is a great spot to go when it's sunny, of course. Any, anywhere. Like, right? I mean, name your destination. I particularly like Ecola State Park for rainy day hikes okay. because it's this beautiful forested headland on Tillamook Head, and it's overlooking the ocean atop these really tall cliffs. Hmm. So as you do this hike, you get a chance to walk through the forest, which protects you from the rain to a large degree. And then you get to go up and see these beautiful views of the ocean from there. It is where you can see the Tillamook Rock Lighthouse, which you may know. Mm -hmm. Famous. Yeah. Right? Terrible Tilly. That's what they there call it. There we go. Which is situated on a rock way out in the ocean. And you bring your binoculars, bring your long lens for your camera, and you can get some pictures of it out there. Um, but you can see that there at the end of this uh, great loop hike, the Clatsop Loop Hike, that takes you from Indian Beach out to a viewpoint of that rock where you can also camp for the night in oh. these uh, sort of rustic shelters. Shelter-type deals. Yeah. My girlfriend has been out there and, and described the shelters, said they're really cool. Yeah, they're cool and also full of mice, I've heard, oh. which makes sense. I mean, I think it's the same place she's describing. I guess I'm not positive. But... Well, I mean, you've got like, you know, open shelters in the woods. You're going to get mice. You know what I'm saying? That's fair. Um, but it's a great little hike. So you go up to there and get go up to those shelters and get some a view of the, the lighthouse and head back along the ocean and get some amazing views hmm. there. So it's a great spot to get protection from the rain yeah. and also to see the ocean from a really safe distance. And I know you love some storm watching oh, yeah. and winter on the coast. So it kind of combines to the things you really like. Yeah, you get that kind of the power of the forest, which is cool. And mm -hmm. then you get that power of the ocean, which is also really cool. To be able to see those waves come in big and hit the rocks and explode, it's a really, really powerful experience. I love it. I love it. That all sounds amazing, Jamie. So we are going to take a short break and come back and talk a little bit more about hiking in the rain. Okay, we are back here talking about hiking in the rain, one of Jamie's favorite things to do. Jamie, before you head out, you're at home got a cozy morning, maybe a cup of tea or coffee. Oh, yeah. You're packing your bag. What type of preparations are you taking to stay dry when you're out in the woods, along the coast, you name it, when it's pouring down rain outside? I, I think the first thing first is, is you got to pack your 10 essentials as you usually do, mm -hmm. whatever essentials you like to bring, your first aid. Obviously, you don't need some protection yeah. if it's cloudy, but the essentials you, you need to have to stay safe in a hike. The same stuff no matter when or where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, you essentially want a good pair of waterproof boots. You're just kind of going from your feet up. A great pair of, like, not like water 
resistant boots, but like yeah. waterproof boots that are going to keep your feet dry. The nice, good pair of socks. And you want as just as much good rain gear as you can have. The jacket, of course, as Jim, I'm sure you can speak to some of this yeah. as well. A really good rain jacket that's going to keep you dry. Not one of these windbreakers that's just going to soak through mm-hmm. in a few minutes. It's a good way to ruin your hike. Yeah, I've been there or at before. Least make it's you not cold and, and kind of miserable. You got to have something. I mean, especially these these jackets that have the inner liner and the shell. I like those especially. You, those are some of your favorite. The liner okay. keeps you nice and, and warm, and the shell keeps the water off you. And those mm-hmm. couple layers really keep you dry. As far as pants go, so, I mean, some people can go full out rain pants. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be dumping and you're not going to have any kind of protection, go out and get your like your rubber rain pants. You know, but that's that's not usually necessary as far as I'm concerned. I have a nice pair of my hiking pants that I wear all season. Uh-huh. That's just a, a quick dry hiking pant. Yeah, and I wear just some thermals underneath of that, and that you know they'll get wet. And they'll just dry fast. And that's kind of what I rely on anyway. Yeah, that sounds nice. And, and kind of a middle ground for that would be the kind of rain pants that you're wearing while commuting on a bike or mm-hmm. something like that. Not kind of that full-on rubber rain pan yeah. that you're referencing there. Yeah. That'd be more if like you're going to be going on like a whale watch. I was going to say, I don't even know that I've ever seen rubber <laughs> get your extra toughs man that is something else that, that is like <laughs> i am ready to spend a week out here yeah uh kind of deal so the second half of course like i i consider good warm gear and, and rainproof gear and stuff i consider that safety equipment because you're totally. out there in conditions that can be harmful to you if you're not dressed or equipped properly what else should you be doing to make sure that you're staying safe when it's kind of wet and probably chillier this time of year? Yeah, I mean, having layers is always great. Having extra clothes Mm -hmm. is also always great. I mean, you got to keep an extra pair of clothes. If you don't carry it with you, keep extra clothes in your car. The wintertime and the rain, I always keep extra pants and a towel in the car because inevitably I'm going to get soaked through. And I think while you're hiking, the biggest safety precaution you can make is just to watch your step which is something you obviously always have to yeah, do hiking. you're doing anyway, but especially so when everything's soaked over, you know, those yeah. root systems might be a little bit more slippery than usual, you name it. Yeah, trails in the gorge, for example, pretty reliably every winter, we'll just see landslides mm-hmm. that will just completely devastate the trail. So you have to really be aware that, first of all, that can happen. And second of all, that even just the edges of the trail, you know, we typically might walk towards the edge of the trail um, where it kind of goes off downhill, Maybe we just walk a little closer in towards the hill so you don't risk, you know, triggering some sort of small landslide with your walking. That's a good tip. Good tip and an easy one to actually think about while you're on the trail. Stay on the inside. And thinking about extra stuff to to carry, uh, emergency blanket, I think is a great one to carry this time of year because, you know, a lot of those are waterproof and will keep you warm. Mm -hmm. In the wintertime, of course, it's a lot colder. So if you do get stuck out there and you don't have the right kind of gear to keep you warm, Yep. Uh, that's bad news. Yeah, the little emergency bivy, you know, packs down to the size of maybe a uh, grapefruit, something like that. Mm-hmm. You can keep it in the bottom of your pack. I do come wintertime or even in the spring when I'm up in the mountains in the snow, it's super lightweight. And at the end of the day, hopefully you never have to use it, but it doesn't take up a lot of space there. So one little tip that I like to employ at least. Jamie, I, I think we've hit on part of this, but why should folks go hike in the rain in the first place? Yeah. Like we said earlier, I mean, you have the trails that are far less crowded. And that's a huge draw for a lot of people. Yeah. And I touched on it a little bit too earlier, but this, this is kind of nice meditative quality to the mm-hmm. rain. 
I mean, people listen to rain sounds to relax to and sleep, fall asleep, to right? Hang out, yeah. So to be out there and hear it in person, to hear the rain not just hitting the trees, but hitting your hood, and being out among it, there's something really special about that. I think. So, I mean, I find that when I go out there and hike in the rain, I enter to sort of this meditative state, end up doing these sort of walking meditations out there, which is really, really nice, especially when you're by yourself. You don't have to worry about a bunch of people hiking up behind you. You can kind of take your time and explore the forest a little bit more. You can kind of see the creatures and the mushrooms and the plants that are coming up from the ground and just be able to understand how that forest ecosystem, like I said earlier, operates in the rain part of what makes it so a lot of what makes it so lush and green and beautiful all year round you can't have the green without the gray as i like to say (laughs) it's a catchphrase that's like a t-shirt or a bumper sticker in the making right there there. you go jim um i also want to hear a little bit from you because i know that we i've talked about intentional hiking in the rain but i think a big part of rain hiking too is how to prepare yourself for when you think it's going to be nice And all of a sudden, it starts dumping rain. That goes back to a lot of what you said earlier, Jamie, about just carrying the right stuff with you all the time. So ideally, unless it's the middle of the summer, it's 80 degrees, it's beautiful outside. If it's any kind of fringe weather, fall season, spring season, you should probably have some sort of rain shell in your pack regardless, uh, unless it's truly a beautiful forecast. I like to carry extra layers I do, like I said, toss that emergency bivy, which is essentially an emergency blanket, almost sleeping bag style. I like to keep that in there. And, you know, your standard good boots or quick drying shoes, pants that are probably not jeans or sweats or something that are going to just soak up the water. And maybe one of the more key things is planning a trip that's not biting off more than you can chew when Mm, it's raining outside. So if you're just looking to get out, it's late January, February, whatever, you know, even March, April, May and there's some rain in the forecast, maybe don't go on that 12-mile lengthy hike if you think weather might move in partway through and leave you either colder than you want, wetter than you desire, or something like that. So planning is a big part of it. I think that's really good advice, Jim. And I think when we're talking about the rainier months, these also tend to be the darker months. Mm -hmm. So folks don't necessarily um, go out at noon and expect to get a big hike in. You have to remember that the sun sets in the four o'clock hour, five o'clock hour. Yep. And you really need to make sure you start early and plan these smaller excursions so you don't get get stuck out there when it's dark. And I've I've no, been known on occasion to maybe take a little bit longer than I thought I would. Haven't we all? Uh, yeah, I've done it a number <laughs> of times. And I think one just solidly good practice is headlamps are so small, mm-hmm. they're so light. Put one in that little top compartment of your bag just in case you're out after dark. You've got one and you won't be doing the like standard iPhone shining at your feet, walking back up the trail in the dark. That's not fun. No, I honestly would have just rather use my night vision than use an iPhone in the dark. And having to hold it and you can't use trekking poles very easily, whatever. Not the best way to do it. No, no, no. I I think we've given folks a lot of good advice on rain hiking and there's some great spots to go. Of course, if you want to see the other nine places I mentioned in Good Rainy Day Hikes, that is on OregonLive.com slash travel. We'll link to that too in in the show notes here. Exactly. You know, Jim, we usually talk about our big adventures at the end of these that are coming up next. I think we just 
literally spent an entire episode talking about my next big adventures, which is rainy day hiking. So I'm going to skip right to you. And I want to know what is going on with your big winter adventures coming up. My big winter adventure is is kind of an all-encompassing one single thing. As we've talked about before, I love to go skiing. You? Me? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's great. But what's different this year for me is the vast majority of my pals are skiers. And for years, I've been one of a few snowboarders in the crew. Kind of took ski lessons as a kid, moved to snowboarding later on, have been doing that primarily with some skiing mixed in for quite a while. And some of my gear started to need to be replaced last year. And I flirted with the idea of switching back to skiing for quite some time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I, I invested in skis, boots, poles, did the whole deal. And I am moving back into skiing uh, over the past since maybe March or April of last year. And it made early season skiing more interesting again, because mm-hmm. when the snow coverage wasn't as good, I could really practice actually skiing well, uh, trying to hone those skills a little bit, take advice from my friends. So I am slowly working on becoming a better skier, actually, instead of just snowboarding all the time. Wow. Congrats. So thank you. It's been fun. It's been fun to sharpen a skill that I, I once had and I guess still carried, but am trying to learn to ski well as opposed to just picking my way down the mountain. It's so interesting because when you talked about skiing and uh, just a recent yeah. episode here, I just have, have always envisioned you as this like skier. So and, to hear you say, oh, skiing's kind of new for me is really interesting. So, I mean, because I've over the course of my life spent a lot of time around skiers, maybe more so than snowboarders, I've just always referred to going up to the mountain as skiing. Ah. Uh, so that's perhaps where some of that's coming from. But over the years, I was finding that I wanted to be a little bit more mobile. And I was seeing my skier friends being able to go check out uh, maybe different terrain areas and kind of side slip and step their way over there. We're on a snowboard. It would require me maybe unlatching one of my feet from my bindings, kind of wiggling my way over there or generally being less mobile. So I'm like, you know what? The style that I want uh, to be able to ski, I want to be a little bit more mobile. I want to be able to check things out a little bit more easily. And uh, I do a lot of skiing and snowboarding in the backcountry. And a split board is, in my humble opinion, just a less efficient way to travel than uh, backcountry skis are. So I made the switch, and so far it's been a lot of fun. I'm happy to hear that. And I understand that the Peak Northwest video series has you trying on a whole other board entirely. Yes. In our most recent episode published at the end of December for our kind of companion video series here, I went out to the coast and gave my best shot at learning how to surf. Oh, yeah. So I'd never done that before. I had never I had wake surfed behind a boat. I had been wakeboarding, skateboarding, snowboarding never surfing and to my surprise i was able to get up on the board right away kind of riding the white water so after the wave breaks kind of that rush of water coming toward the beach it was a little bit more difficult when we graduated to actual catching a real wave and i had to chuckle a little bit at looking back at the footage from this trip and being like my goodness these are little baby waves like i do not look like if there's an opposite of hardcore that's how i look in this video but uh i had a lot of fun with it and 
the video kind of illustrates what it's like to go out and get a lesson yourself. So for people who haven't tried this before, what it feels like to paddle out for the first time, which was my experience. This is obviously not a great time of year for surfing on the coast, but this is a great time of year to start planning those excursions sure. for the summertime. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there are folks, my, my surf instructor, Lauren, did say there are folks who go out year round and surf on the coast. But for folks who are trying to learn, you know, I think you and I could both arrive at the same conclusion that probably the best time to do it is when you're going to have the most fun and it's going to be 65, 70 degrees and beautiful outside. Of course, so, the water's always cold out water's there. Water's always cold. Lauren outfitted me with a wetsuit and I actually didn't feel overly chilled the whole time we did this in october you know trying to capitalize on some good weather and get out into the ocean for me it was the first time out kind of past the surf break it was really fun bobbing out there Mm. and just seeing the coast from a different angle for me so two thumbs up on surfing you can check out that video which is going to be in the show notes uh as well i'm looking forward to seeing that yeah man for sure. I had a lot of fun. And Jamie, this episode has been a lot of fun as well. I'm looking forward to maybe getting a rainy day hike in myself here. Guy go to Silver Falls. Man, apparently so. I, I guess <laughs> I, I can't believe my cover was blown here. <laughs> it's like you can only tick off so many of those like Oregon signatures at a time. And Silver Falls is a sad, sad box to, that is unchecked on my Oregon outdoors resume. Well, so. I, I hold no judgment to you, Jim. I'm excited for you to discover Silver Falls in your own time. Well, perhaps maybe we could go there together sometime. Let's make it happen. Hike in the rain. There we go. <laughs> Peak Northwest trip. For now, though, Jamie, time to wrap things up so you folks can subscribe to Peak Northwest wherever you get your podcasts, watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel, and follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. This episode of the podcast was produced by myself, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Dave Killen. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.